The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, I was always so afraid of final exams. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and with me today is co-host Dean. Hello, Dean. Hey, Tim, what's up? Hey, man, not a lot. Not a lot is up. Just, I'm here, I'm ready to do another podcast. It's another cool. another week, so we owe the listeners a new podcast, so that's what we're here doing. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to be spooky stuff. We are out of the spooky genre. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It was a lot of fun, yeah. but uh, that's okay. We're, it's we're... a lot of fun, but I have less nightmares now than I did during that month. That's so funny you mentioned that because I seriously, like legitimately had a ton of nightmares. Totally. There was one night where I had a nightmare and then I woke up and went to bed and had a different nightmare. And that happened for about six or seven times in a row. I just had one nightmare after another and they were all different and they're all terrifying. Oh no, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh, night- they, I, I had so many nightmares, man. I woke up one night, I woke up and I woke up from a nightmare. And I was like, oh my goodness, I really hope it's like 6.30 or 7 so I can just get up right now. And it was 1.55 and I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just got out of bed and I just went and watched TV on the couch because I was done. Like the nightmare was so scary. I could not go back to sleep. Nice. Yeah. Oh, whoo. Anyways. Um, so we're starting off our uh, Disney princess month. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, man, that's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not I, I don't actually like disney movies i'm not gonna allow no that. you don't you don't rock the disney princesses i on the other hand definitely do yeah no you're a fan that's fine i'm not i'm not judging i just i'm not a fan i am a huge fan of animation so it is kind of strange that i wouldn't be into into disney but i'm not there's just nothing yeah nothing it, it's their um it's their stories and their formula that i don't like as much as yeah. um you know other movies so hey it's understandable man you like what you like that's fine it's yeah it's fine. Yeah. I am I am me. You are you, I am, I am me. Mm-hmm. You are you. You don't like Disney and I do. Yes, correct. Yeah. Now, Dean, let's just jump right into it. Speaking of comics? Speaking of comics. Did you just mention comics, Dean? I did. I I that's exactly what I was just talking about. This is a great turnaround from volume three to volume four for us, because we had, uh, uh, I would call it an immense break or, yeah. or lapse in deadly class. We said we were going to do it every month. We did two volumes and then we fell asleep and we yep. woke up three or four months later and someone had to remind us that we told everyone we were doing that. So we're back on that train yes. and we're doing volume four and I love it. Oh man, Tim, Dude. I am so glad we are back on the train. I uh, I have taken a train once in my life. It was a great experience. And so I'm glad to now be back on the train. Yeah, and this volume reminded me why we got on the train in the first place. Oh, totally. You are totally right, Tim. And this is actually, this volume is new material for me. Perfect. I had read two of these issues. I was very clear as I was reading it which ones I had read and which ones I had not before. I had read the first two and I had not read any others after that. The first three? 
the first two issues of this volume. Oh, two issues. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Then you you would have had a lot of fun with this one. So I had a lot of fun, and uh, oh my goodness, Tim. Yeah, oh my you're goodness. You're gonna have to hold me stop, back right stop, now. Stop, stop, slow yep, down. You gotta hold me back. Please hold me back. Pump Tim. the brakes. Pump the brakes. Uh, yes, uh, I have read it, but I mostly forgot it. Um, same as yeah. whatever I've read up to. I've read up to volume, including volume seven. I have volume eight, but I haven't read okay. it yet. And yeah. volume nine is out and they're working on single issues of uh, like the volume 10, whatever. Okay. So, wow. So we got some, uh, we got some work to do, but I'm excited. Um, I, I kind of have like in my mind, I have visuals and glimpses of those other volumes, but I just, there's no way I can remember like everything that happened for five issues. So loved it. This was my new, my new favorite. I think uh, it's tough to choose favorites, but um it's going to be tough to compete with this one. This is, yeah, this is easily my favorite. This is a classic. This is a classic volume right here. It is, yeah. This is one I would go back to just to read this volume. You know, like if yeah. I, when I'm done the series, I will just pick up this volume and read it again because it's just, oh man, does it just go? I read this so quickly, man. It just moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does go so fast. I messaged you. I wanted to see if you had started. And yes. I was going to, I was going to say, good luck putting it down, uh, was what, what my message to you is going to be. And when I uh, messaged you, you had just started. So, uh, yeah, I, am, and I, I, I did not put it down. You just went through all five. Yeah. It's so yeah. It's such a good read. So let's do it then. Released in 2006 by Image Comics. This, this is the fourth volume in the collection. Uh, mostly the same team. We have Rick Remender writing. We have Wesley Craig doing the art. But instead of Lee Lowridge on colors, we have a new gentleman, Jordan Boyd, on colors. Okay. Oh, so, okay. I did notice the color shift. There's a slight I, change. There is definitely, well, there is definitely a change. It's not as pastel-y as it was. Yeah, right. I feel like the earlier volumes were throwing like a throwback to the 80s comics and being very pastel-y. Yeah. And I definitely noticed the difference in color, and I really did love it. I really liked it, it was like for this volume especially. Yeah, it worked. I don't really have any complaints. I actually didn't no. even notice a change. I think I was just maybe too focused on other stuff, but they were still utilizing some of the um, like color tricks that I liked seeing. So yeah. the actual use of the color, uh, it, it fooled me. I, I did, not, did not know there was somebody new on here. So um, that that's great. That, that means that dude did a great job. Now, For sure. uh, we like to mention it. Rick Remender is our dude. He's our favorite writer. Well, he's I think he's my favorite writer. Uh, you might be... You kind of like dance around a few favorite I dance. writers. I, I do dance on writers. I don't have the number one favorite. I haven't really locked that in. Um, Remender is in the conversation. Okay. But I have not locked in my number one. I've locked in. I'm locked in with my you final locked. answer. You were locked. Tim is locked. Yeah, I'm locked in. He, um, he, he hits us right in the gut. Yeah. In punches. A, he, punch, he punches us right in the gut, but in a good way. The best way. The best of ways. Now, on our volume three episode, we did a recap of the two previous volumes because it had been so long. And uh, what a recap at that, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It was masterful. Now, I'm going to recap vo just volume three because we're, we're so close here that I feel yeah. like we don't need to do uh, one, two, and three. And also, if we get up to ten... We're surely not recapping one through nine. Recap so show? Just one fuck recap off show? Yeah, a recap show. Yeah, actually, do we need eh? extra content? 
Are we short? I think, are we so. short on I think we need right some now? extra content. Yeah, recap shows. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Here's my recap of Volume Three. Marcus, a homeless 14-year-old, finds himself enrolled in a high school for assassins. After some adventures, Marcus is spiraling out of control. His girlfriend Maria is missing. He's alienated his friends. He accidentally killed his favorite teacher and has fallen deep down a dark hole of drug abuse. As it turns out, those are the least of his problems, because he's been labeled as a rat at King's Dominion, and the student's final exam is to exterminate all the rats. Great. The most underrated part of that volume is killing his favorite teacher. Yeah, I know, it happens real <laughs> I fast. I always forget, and it always just gets a laugh out of me. It shouldn't. You should not be killing your teachers. Well, um, but um, in this book, it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, this book's a bit different. Things like, You can laugh at things <laughs> like that in this book. Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like every time they bring it up after that, it's for comedy. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy in this book. A lot of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good recap, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. So volume four, I am so on board with the way this one starts because it starts immediately after volume three. It's like you're turning the page and continuing yeah. on. Really like that. And uh, Dean, what do you think of this starting, of this opening? Oh, I love it. I love the fast pace right away. And I'm right away thinking like, oh my goodness, this is so like Battle Royale. This is so Hunger Games, but everybody wants to kill each other. Um, it, it's just, it's high octane action right out the gate. It is, yeah. It starts with Marcus running out of the auditorium. There are arrows, there are knives, there are throwing stars all whistling past him as he runs out. Yeah. And yeah, great. We're getting right into it. The violence starts early. And by page two, there's already seven dead bodies on the page. Yeah. I didn't know, leaving off volume three, I didn't know what happened so quickly. Because they had like a long time to kill the rats, right? I can't remember the exact timeline. But it wasn't like you have an hour. It was like... You have, you have, one, you have one week. You have one week. One week. You have a week to kill all the rats. And immediately out, out of the auditorium, there's just like dead body, dead body, dead body. Oh, dude. So many dead bodies. And vi yeah. violent deaths. Violent oh, yeah. dead bodies. Heads chopped off. Um, swords yeah. through chests. Uh, arms chopped off. Uh, I, I do want to just say that uh, we should reiterate that th the rats who are being chased um, to death here, if a rat should survive the week... They right. are allowed back into the school. Yeah. And and I'm not sure I understood what gets you the rat qualification. I didn't really get it last volume, and I don't necessarily get it this volume. Well, they don't... Do you know? Yeah, I mean, in a way I do. They don't They don't come out and tell you, but it, it, yeah. it is sketchy behavior. It's like... Okay. It's like... Um, but here's the thing. We're at a school for assassins, right? So what is sketchy behavior? Sketchy behavior, I think, is if you murder, like... A person who doesn't deserve it so i i right now we don't get to see why certain people were labeled rats we get i think we know why marcus was labeled a rat and i think it was because he killed that guy in volume two who didn't deserve it but they needed to make a kill uh because it was like an assignment it was like kill someone who you've yeah. who know has done something wrong and master lynn even had a conversation with him about it he's like i don't think that that guy did anything wrong and then marcus is like no 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 i remember him telling me something but then marcus was thinking to himself right. wait a second maybe i made that up in my head maybe he didn't tell me that i think that's why he's a rat he he murdered Tim, an innocent man that's 100% it you just clued me in because i was thinking it happened in volume 1 where he got the bones and i couldn't remember what he could have done by volume 1 it was that homeless guy he killed that guy 
that was the wrong story. That guy was actually fine. And he killed that guy. You're right. We had a bit of a crossover there. I'm not sure if it was in volume one or volume two, but th- that yeah. th- those things both happened in the same volume where he, yeah. wh- whichever one it was, this guy, he kills this guy and he gets that box of uh, bow. I think it was two, but I'm not sure. You're right. You're 100% right. And that clears up a couple other questions I had why other people didn't get it and why he got it. You're 100% right. It is because he killed that homeless man. Yeah, like you don't get labeled a rat for like skipping school like they did no, or doing yeah. drugs or stuff like that. I think yeah. it was a more serious uh, infraction. But uh, Marcus is, he's running down the halls of the school here. He's being chased by the roller girls, Dean. Uh, But he has a gun, lucky for him. And he's able to fight off multiple attackers and save Petra, which is good. Shabnam here wants to team up with Victor, right? Mm. That's a a good call. Team up with Victor. Uh, It's a great call. It's a great call for anybody in that school to team up with Victor. Yeah. As a beast. Shabnam says he's been studying hard for this final exam. And he knows who all the rats are. And he gives Victor a bunch of machine guns. Now, Marcus and Petra have locked themselves in a janitor closet. And the Mm -hmm. roller girls are trying to break in. When none other than star quarterback Derp Flumpdunger in full (laughs) football equipment is running full speed at the door. He's going to bash it in. What a great name. Dude, I laugh every time. I, yes. I hit this part because everything is so tense. People are getting murdered. Uh, Marcus yes. looks like he might get killed. And Derp Flumpdunger comes. Dude, and we, full, all, full... we all know Derp Flumpdunger. Like, we all <laughs> went to high school. We all know Derp Flumpdunger. And he's going to come in and he's going to he's gonna save the day. He's the, he's the quarterback. And you know what? <laughs> Why wouldn't you just be wearing your football pads and your helmet? Well, of course, if you're going <laughs> to... It's final exam, right? You may as well be final exam. You got to suit up, man. Exactly. So he's gonna blast through this janitor door, <laughs> and Dirk. he's he's gonna <laughs> flump dunger is gonna kill them. Yeah. But Petra opens the door before he can smash through it, and she starts splashing a poison that she made from the cleaning supplies in the janitor closet all over Derp and the Roller Squad. And holy shit, dude, their faces are melting. They're yeah. vomiting. Like, they are all effed up. And this is an early theme in this book that I pick up on. And it yeah. is graphic and extreme violence. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. It's very early and it happens often in this book. But the violence is so graphic. What I really like about this part and what I really get out of this part is that it's high school. And different people are good at different subjects. Right. And she's good at poisons. And I love that. I love that idea brought into the assassin school. Because like Marcus early on, he was like, what are you doing? Why didn't you defend yourself? Well, maybe she wasn't good at the self-defense class. What she was good at was poisons. And that's what we made. And that's what she used to kill. And it just sets us up for different people are going to be good at different things in this scenario. Yeah, that that was a neat thing. She she did say she was on a roll, uh, on a roll student for the poison, poison class. Amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It cool. I love it. That's not the end of the poison. No, it's not the end of the poison. I was never good at poisons. Yeah, I failed poisons. Yeah, I, I definitely failed poisons. I was not good. No, what were you good at? Uh, I was good at math. Math? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Poisons was chemistry, right? They just they just disguised it as calling yeah, it chemistry. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was. I, what I got what I got in chemistry class was uh, we had like a, a old teacher. He was probably seventy. And uh, I was talking with a girl during class, and he said, Dean, wrong kind of chemistry. Ooh. He burned me. Nice one. The seven-year-old teacher burned me. Nice one, teach. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he he got me. Um, I was good at spare. Oh, spare, my, yeah, spare's ex- good. Excelled at. Yeah, nice. Now this theme of violence does not stop. Um, we immediately see somebody get an axe through their face. Then we see somebody get a knife through the eye. That page is crazy. That axe through the face is insane. It's it's very violent. It's, it's so violent. violent. That's so, like that's the most violent thing I've seen. I think is that axe through the face. Like in this comic, in this book so far, in this volume, in this volume. Yeah, yeah just that it was. axe down. It's in the face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the face is half split. Open. I took pause. I was like, wow. <laughs> That is an axe through the face. <laughs> yes, that is right in and there. And I was like, okay, just take a moment. Okay, yeah. compose yourself. Okay, keep going. Oh, that's a knife through an eye. Like, yeah. through the head. Through the eye, through the head. Oh, okay. This thing's violent. I, I like it, though. I like it. I, we know we're in store for this. This is what this book is about, right? Among other Tim. things. It's not just about violence. There's, no. a, there's a ton of great underlying themes to this book. Uh, and we, we always touch on them. We will in this book still. They just happen to start it off with a ton of violence and I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. And for me, it's like, at this point, I'm actually thinking it's like a Christopher Nolan movie where it's like the first three volumes were, volumes were just setting me up for this huge payoff. Yeah. Like, like kind of like the first half of his films just set you up for huge payoffs in the second half. That's what I felt. It was like, as soon as I started reading, I was like, ah, okay we are really into it now. And this is what the first three volumes were setting up was for this moment right here. Yes. And yes, I agree with that. It's also interesting that in this type of a story, um, it it could lend itself to getting dry. If you try to do the same things over and over again, or if you Mm -hmm. try to follow uh, certain main characters that kind of through all the volumes. So Mm -hmm. by doing this, like they're, they're definitely switching up kind of the main theme of each volume each volume yeah. feels extremely different they all have a different tone um they all have a different mood and atmosphere they, there's common elements going throughout but this one definitely feels way different this is yeah. it's this we've had like bursts of um of fast violence in these other volumes but this one doesn't really seem to stop it just keeps no. going because it's like this one week hunt for the rats, right? So it's just, yeah. it's it's always about fighting and killing. And it's just, it's really exciting. Yeah. Volume three was like, connect with your emotions. And then volume four now is like, okay, now let's release it. Let's yeah. just give you all this action and just let it go. Just let it go and have fun. Right. And we're also seeing a lot of neat interactions here with rats and non-rats. I thought this was a nice touch because now that the... Um, non-rats have been released on the rats well you've got relationships built in there so you have people who are like the best friend is a rat and the other best friend is not a rat and we get to see how they're interacting and in some situations they're trying to kill the rat like there's a a boyfriend trying to kill a girlfriend because she's a rat there's um there's a uh a same-sex couple of of guys and like one of the guys is is um going out on a limb for the other one trying to help him he saves him basically yeah it's an just interesting dynamic with what what would friends do in this situation right friends or people in relationships what do you do uh and and i like that sometimes they just they're so involved in the school and the exam that they're willing to kill that person they're in a relationship with or their best friend uh like just to pass or to get this final credit so it's, it's yeah, and it, it's a really great setup, um, just storytelling wise, because we get to see people, characters we don't really know. We get to see them, you know, kill each other, or we get to see them save each other. 
And we just are thinking, okay, well, our main characters that we like, our group, some of them are rats and some of them aren't. So what is going to happen with the, that crew? Because I've seen it happen both ways with characters I don't really know. Yeah, exactly. That leads us right into uh, Saya and Willie having found Billy. And Saya and Willie are on the non-rat side and Billy's on the rat side. And they want to hide him for the week. Just they want to wait it out until everything's done. They say that Billy is crew and they want to protect him. Mm-hmm. And then Marcus and Petra come running past and they, they yell at Billy. They say, Billy, uh, don't trust anyone who's not a rat, which yeah. is a, it's a funny thing to me. Like, don't trust someone unless they're a rat. Right. <laughs> like I, Rats got to stick together. I, man. I had a bit of a laugh at that. I was like, that doesn't quite sound right, but I get it. Um, Tim, it's like Survivor. Everyone at the bottom has to come together. Yeah. So Billy, uh, Billy agrees with Marcus and he runs off with Marcus and Petra. He's like, you, you know what? You're right. I, I'm a rat. I need to be with the rats. So Shabby, though, Shabby here has set up a center of operations. Love it. It's like he's turned into this super villain mastermind. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying that because he was like this useless nerd in these first three volumes that has done nothing other than get made fun of. And now the tables are turned because while everybody was off doing drugs, having sex, getting in fights, he was studying and yeah. uh, putting like chess pieces in play for this moment. And now it's come and he's like his plan is coming to fruition for him. He's gaining power totally. finally. Totally, Tim. I love it so much because it's like the classic sort of action movie tropes where you have the evil genius and then you have like the brute who's his muscle. And you're always like, well, how did this evil genius get at the top and not this brute? This brute can beat everybody up. And that's always like the second, that's always like the guy that's in the big fight before you get to the evil genius, right? So I I love this setup of like, this is how an evil genius is created. He was the nerd kid at the assassin school. Like he was the outcast at the assassin school. Yeah, but like still nobody respects him. Like even though they're working no. with him, people are calling yeah. him like Piggy and calling him a nerd and just still making yeah. fun of him, but he he does have the plan. He he's also got, he's got the he's got the um the plan, but he's also got like um some weapons for everyone. Yes. He also has got the girl finally. He scored He's got the girl. He scored Drogda. Yeah, he's got uh the the troll. The troll. Now she says she'll do whatever he wants, and he would like to start with a back rub. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love it. I mean, you got to get into it. He might be a bit nervous, right? You got to oh, yeah. get warmed up here. He needs the back rub. Yeah, so he gets a back rub. That's, that's... Isn't she pregnant with Marcus's kid or something? Oh, she said that. She was lying. lying about oh, that, I think, I think she was lying. I think she was too. What a move. She looks pregnant. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's got a look. She's got a look about her. There is a great, a, there's yeah. a great panel where she's standing beside Shabnam, he's um, at this desk and it's like a straight on shot where he, you can see he's like in charge and she's standing yeah. beside him holding this machine gun and her big belly is sticking out from her little like tank top shirt. And that's Perfect. usually her look in this is her, her tummy is yeah. sticking out and it's not because she's pregnant. No. Okay. Hey, you know what? You know, if you comfortable in that, Perfect. I'm not judging her. I'm just explaining that she's not That's pregnant, <laughs> but you could confuse her for being pregnant if you didn't right, know. Right, right, right. Like you just did. You thought she was pregnant, right? I did. I did. She told Marcus she was pregnant. She was. She's lying. Lying about that. Uh. Now, Dean, this next page is probably the hardest I've laughed 
in this entire book, entire four volumes, the hardest wow. I've laughed yet. It's so bizarre and comes out of nowhere at a time I'm not expecting to be doing a lot of laughing. So I wanted to just kind of like look at this page a little bit because I thought it was so much fun. So we have Marcus, Saya, and Billy, and they're outside the school and they're contemplating their escape, right? Like they want to get out to the street. They want to get out to street level. They need to get out of here. All of a sudden, this dude who looks like Archie in a red shirt shows up yeah. and he says, uh, oh, hey, 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 what's up? What's up, guys? What's what's the plan? And they're like, huh? They're like, who are you? He's like, you don't recognize Polly? Everyone loves Polly. And he's like, Billy, you know, we had this class together. And uh, what does he say? He says, we burnt off Jimmy the pubes eyebrows. <laughs> he's like, classic times. And Billy's like, he's like, you're a dude we don't know in a red shirt. And Polly's like, that's my lucky red shirt. That's what everybody knows me by. I'm just like, Perfect. what is going on here? This is such a strange yeah. interaction. He says, why? Polly says, why are you guys acting like you don't know me? And then we see through Victor's um sniper scope he's got it train he's got it he's got it positioned right on polly and we see we hear polly saying i'm polly everybody loves me and victor's buddy beside him says take the shot <laughs> so, first of all who's this polly we've never seen him before we've never heard no of him before he just he does seem like this random dude who just showed up and 100 he's never been in the book before no i'm thinking this is like clearly some sort of setup like he's gonna try to kill them yeah. right yeah. So Victor's got the gun trained. His buddy says, take the shot. Victor puts he puts the gun down. He says, no, not Polly. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim, Polly don't you think somebody. he's for sure going to take the shot there? Oh, 100%. And that's the page turn. Like the page turn is on take the shot. And he says, when you turn the page, no. You're like, oh, man, what a great setup. So funny. I love it. Not Polly. <laughs> yeah. So it's just so much fun. Then, I mean, it goes on it's for a so bit. Fun. They're just like, they're like, look, dude, like, fuck off. You're on your own. We're not helping you out. Like, we, we don't know who you are. Blah, 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 blah. Um, turns out that Marcus has, like, a bit of a change of heart and says, like, or Marcus or Billy. And they just say, like, you know, we're not going to win this by, like, treating people this way. We're going to overcome right. this by treating people the correct way. So they end up, like, just saying, yeah, okay, Paul, you can come with us. So, yeah, yeah. I just, I thought that was such a funny moment. This just random dude comes out of nowhere and it, is, it seems like he's trying to trick them, but he's not. He is Polly. They, they've all yeah. had classes with him. They just, he's just not memorable. Yes, Tim, I think it's sort of the first time in all, all four volumes so far where it's kind of Remender saying, I'm here and I'm funny. Like I, it, it's... This is just a little bit of my like personality in here to make you laugh. Like everything else that's been funny up to this point has just been still part of the story and funny. This seems like it's a joke. Like this is like he's put that in there for us to laugh. Definitely. There's been other funny moments like obviously yeah. Marcus like shitting his pants and stuff at the for comic sure. book star yeah. and stuff like that. Tons of funny moments. But this one, it had it almost like felt like it had no place. I never, yeah. never would have expected to read something like this in this volume. And especially at that time, I think Remender just had this like loaded up. He's like, once I get to a certain point, we'll get everybody kind of comfortable with these volumes and what to expect. And then I'm going to throw something so hilarious their way. And it was, I loved it. Yeah. So back in the halls and Saya and Willie are being chased by his old gang. 
And at this point, Dean, I took a moment to admire the amazing art of Seiya's tattoos. Me so, too, Tim. That's so wild. I, I took the, I, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm going to bring up that tattoos when we get there. Yeah. So maybe they framed it correctly for us just to admire her tattoos. But she, uh, we knew this already from volume one, but she has two full sleeves. And yeah. all I'm thinking about is how difficult it has to be for the artist to continually draw these yeah. tattoos over and over again, whenever you draw this character, they're very intricate. Totally. It's, I just like much respect to, uh, Wes Craig on this one for for doing that totally it's, it's such an easy thing to not do because then it would be so easy to draw after that and they I think they kind of go they're her sleeves but they kind of go on her stomach too so it's like you got to remember that every single time and they look great oh they, it's it's amazing I just I'm I'm blown away that they would do that and it yeah. continue to have it look look really good you know sometimes she's wearing a leather jacket oftentimes she just has her arms out the guns at the gun show so Seiya is telling Willie that enough is enough and he's going to have to kill someone if they're going to make it. And we know Willie's backstory from volume one. He basically, um, he was a kid, uh, a gang broke into his house and they were going to kill his dad and he had a gun and he could have done something about it, but he froze. He couldn't shoot and they mm -hmm. killed his dad. And then I yeah. think his uncle killed them. And he claimed yeah. it for himself. So he had this rep of a killer. And then he, um, somewhere along the way, let us know that it wasn't him. It was his uncle. And now what he tells us is that he did shoot the gun. Yeah. A accidentally, he shot and killed his dad in that situation. Yeah. That's yeah. why he can't shoot at anybody anymore. That's why he's had so much problem taking a life. It, yeah. in this book is because he like, killed his own dad it's that's a yeah. heavy moment um super heavy that was a tough one to take i i like i hadn't really i mean i bought i bought that story from willie but i didn't really feel like the compassion for him that yeah. i'm now feeling for for his yeah. character um now knowing that that's what he went through so totally my heart goes out to him it makes perfect sense why he would never want to pull that trigger ever again yeah like the other times in the book they were like times when you almost needed him to pull the trigger to like kill the bad yeah. guy and like help the help the crew out and you're just like do it like do it willie like pull the fucking trigger just do it and then like yeah. knowing this now i'm like oh man i feel like dirty for wanting him to pull that trigger totally know? totally tim the problem with the backstory we knew before is that it set a, it sets us up to be wanting him to do it when he reaches the moment that it's really needed yeah because it's like he couldn't do it then but maybe he can do it now and it sets us up to want that so then this learning the real story it's like oh yeah shit no don't do it <laughs> i'm sorry i wanted you to do it yeah like before it seemed like it was just out of fear um fear of like pulling a trigger or, or killing someone yeah. it was that fear but knowing now that it was that's a it was a different type of fear altogether it's says uh, yeah. yeah i liked it well and it seemed like it was setting us up to want him to do it right it yeah. seems like it was setting us up what, to well, have that was. big moment when he could pull it off yeah yeah so we're in the library and saya and willie are hiding from the gang and dude there's this amazing page with saya yeah, leaping out of the dark she slices a dude's gun in half with her sword, takes piece, a piece of his finger with it, and then slashes his throat, 
and disappears back into the dark before the other two can kill her. Yeah, man, I've just been sitting on this page since we started. Oh, um, dude, no doubt. I, I couldn't wait to get to it. It's it's the use also of just so it's a I, I believe it's a like two page splash. I think in the comic book, it's spread two pages. Um, I have digital right now, so it oh, okay. it's just one. Yeah, it's one but on I think the digital. It, it's one on the digital, but I think uh, I think it's splash two in the in the book. And uh, it, it's just the use of the white space in the background. Like these these things that you described are just in boxes, like black boxes kind of uh, going down the page and like from left to right, but diagonally um, sort of down the page. Um, and it just, it, it it looks so good. Those, those boxes stand out so much against that white background that each one of them is, it must've taken like so long to perfect each one of them. They look so good. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you say you've got the white with the black boxes because what they're trying to convey is that she was in the shadows, right? She's in the bl- oh, she's yeah, in the totally. black. She's hiding in the yeah. black, but then bursts out into the light. Um, yeah. So that's what they're playing with there. So I actually I didn't pick up on that until you just mentioned it. But that's like, I guess I kind of got the I picked up on that from the story. Like I knew that they were hiding, yeah. and then I knew that she jumped out to do that. But it's cool that you know the art you know supports the story in that in that regard. Yeah, and you you kind of start off with a gun and a sword right away, and she's being so precise with her sword, but the gun is takes some shots at her and never hits her, and that totally makes sense. It's because she's coming out of the shadows and then going back into them, and they can't even get a good shot at her. Yeah, like I think they shot, but they didn't come anywhere close to getting her, so... No, they yeah, they definitely shot, but they did not come close. Now, she ends up killing another one, but before she can kill the third one, she gets shot in the arm. By yeah. him and and is down, and this this third guy is about to kill her, when Willie finally makes his kill and kills this guy, and then they immediately get called to Master Lin's office, like he's on the intercom with them. Ca- yes, but Tim, them. the sword. Yeah, I was gonna get to that a bit later, but we can do that now. You can go ahead with that. I was just gonna say, like, so it turns out that say like as after Willie saves her he notices that her sword was kind of right beside her. And she is so good with that sword. We've already seen it happen. It's almost like she could have easily picked up that sword and ended that guy's life. She did not need Willie to save her. So it's like, what the fuck? What was that all about? Yeah, that they have a bit of a conversation there. And he's he's wondering if she like forced him into that situation. So uh, interesting. Yeah, at, this, at this point, I'm just like, hmm, that's interesting. Especially yeah, with our what if from last volume. I'm like, mm, there seems to be something else going on here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So they are, they're off to Master Lin's office. And when they get there, he blames them for Marcus escaping from the school grounds. And he said they had a chance to stop him, but they didn't. So when he ran past them in the hall, they just let him go. And Master Lin says, you should have killed them, killed him there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good point, Master Lin. Well, yeah, it's final exam. It's kill the rats, right? So yeah, what are you and doing? I guess yeah, I guess what we haven't said is that it has something to do with your final mark, how many people you can kill, like how many rats you can kill. So there are people who are trying to do better than others. Right. Maybe Willie and Saya don't care about those numbers, so you know maybe they would just let let him go because they don't care. But um, a lot of the students are going kind of neck and neck and trying to get better grades than each other. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, I actually wasn't really going to mention that anywhere, but that that's a good point that 
there is kind of this fun camaraderie between some yeah. of these people and they're like you know wanting to claim like half points or like well i got i get half a kill for that one because i helped you out and then there, yeah. people are like comparing how many they have so it is it is a it is a thing that they they something is tied to how many people they kill so yeah it's like I, the most kills gets like valedictorian and they are treating it like it's just a resume thing which is kind of what i don't think it's know, most pe- kills okay okay but i think it's i mean you want a, oh you want a great final yeah. grade on this I think I think you're right. It might not be most kills, but it, it's something to do. Yeah, it it has something to do with the grades and something to do with valedictorian of like who you kill. Yeah, I'll mention the valedictorian thing. It's uh, it comes up in a little bit. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, so we can get get back to that. But um, Master Lin he threatens Saya and Willie, saying that they better get Marcus or else. Now we're in a record store now, and there's this kid who wants to buy a B52s album. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting into it with the the metalhead uh, cashier. They have mm-hmm. a really like interesting little argument about you know the yeah. B52s and this this little young kid standing up for them and this metalhead just not getting it. And How much do you love this part, Tim? It's great because they kind of it's a misdirection. If, yeah. for me, it's a great misdirection. They do about a maybe a page and a half or two pages of this excellent deep conversation about this band and why they're so good. And then all of a sudden, Billy smashes through the front door, screaming, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he runs all the way through the store to the back as Victor and his two bros come in the front with machine guns and they fucking gun down everyone in the store. Yes. Okay. Shocking. At this, po- at this point, I'm just like, okay, so it doesn't matter who dies as long as like this part of the final exam is trying to get the rats. Yeah. Cause they gun down everyone in the store. It seems like, right. It. So yeah, he kills like seven or eight people in the store, just random people in the store. So it's like, okay, like this doesn't matter right now. Right now it's just for ha- like getting the rats. Yeah. Yeah. So Billy runs, he runs down a back alley. He runs into a Chinese restaurant's kitchen. Victor follows and guns down the kitchen staff in the restaurant Yes, I love this page. I, was, I love. I, I was going to say, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love pages that are set up with the exact same sort of like, um, I don't know, like perspective view. Yeah, perspective. Yeah, exactly. The exact same perspective where it takes you down the page and different things are happening as you have the same perspective on it. So we were just looking at that back, uh, back of the restaurant and just watching like Billy run in and then guns going off people getting shot i love it it's incredible yeah it is my favorite page of the volume yeah um i'm I, I always, when totally I, with you when i land on it i just i sit there and i'm staring at it it's so cool look at the first panel um to the door the door on the left yeah there's like nothing and then the next panel there's a guy who gets like you can see there's a guy in the dark who got killed totally i miss because victor's in that the hall amazing. killing people yeah. in the hall before he bursts into this room it's yeah. it's this everything is so well done in this page it's incredible. Um I love that page, but another reason I'm loving all of what's happening right now is because this is the first taste that we're getting of how tough Victor actually is. Right? Like yes, he's always been yes. built up as the toughest guy in the story, but we haven't seen anything up to this volume, volume 4. He's never done anything. So now he is unleashed. We're getting to see the alpha male of the school 
unleashed on the rats and it is exciting to watch. I mean, I sound, I must sound like a terrible person this whole episode because I'm just like, all this killing and violence is so great and release the alpha so we can get, see what he can do. (laughs) Release and let the alpha off the chain. But Tim, in we the love context of 90s action movies, <laughs> yes. like what that's alpha, like you got to let that alpha right. go. Yeah, in the context of this story, I mean, this is what we want. We want to see what Victor can do, how tough he is. He's been talking all the smack. Um, he's been built up. He is the largest guy. He's like three times the size of anybody else, right? He's the most confident dude there. And we finally get to see what he can do. And he is a fucking wrecking ball, dude. He is a machine. He's a, he's a wrecking ball. He's a machine. Tim, this is exactly the point I wanted to make too, because up until this point, like Victor's been in the story, be, like for plot purposes, but he's invisible. I didn't even notice him last volume when he was like spying on the group and heard that they had killed people. Right. I didn't even notice him in the shot. He is incredible. (laughs) He is incredible in this volume. He is the fucking Terminator, Tim. And that is what I got in this volume. He is unstoppable. He is going to do some things in this that like coming up that are incredible. You cannot stop this guy. Yeah, it's excellent. It's a lot of fun. I love him. He's finally the villain I want him to be. And like we've had some like wild villains already in this book, but this is the guy I want. And this is the guy finally showing me exactly what I want in a s- assassin school. Yeah. Have we mentioned how fun this book is yet? Oh, I think I'm we forgot so to much say that. Fun. I think we forgot to tell people it's fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's it's one of the best. It's that we're we're listen, we're doing this for a reason. Yeah. We're not just it's great. Yeah, it's great. We're not just doing this because it's no good. We're doing this because it's one of the best. Oh, I have the book in front of me. And as I'm like going through, I'm just getting excited. Oh, man, there's so much to come. Oh, if anybody's sitting this. there thinking, hey, I, I might actually just shut this off right now. I'm kind of bored with this. Well, <laughs> listen, listen up. You got some shit coming, coming down the pipe. So don't, don't do it. Don't shut us don't off. Don't turn it off. Unless it's to read this volume. Unless you're offended by this the content, and then that's fine. Because this is <laughs> right. If you don't, there is a lot of offensive material in here, and I w- we would not be offended if you turned it off for that reason. But if, if you're you don't bored, like alpha if males gunning about, down multiple people, yeah, yeah. If you don't like that though, then like like you said, you don't like eighties movies, right? You don't yeah. like um, then most. I wouldn't most recommend of our, our Predator episode. There's a lot of our episodes that aren't going to fit for people then. <laughs> But we are all over the place with our episodes. So we, are. So, we got something for everybody. Yeah. So. Totally. We just hope that you uh, like all the content and want to just keep listening to all of it. Okay. That's, okay. The, dr- that's the hope. Yeah. Enough of this bullshit. Let's get back to the story here. It's so good. Yeah. Tim, cut all that out. What uh, was yeah, that? I'm going to delete all that. Um, <laughs> it probably just breaks up the flow of this episode so bad. Uh, I, I wish Victor were here to punch me in the face. Uh, that and might kill you, Tim. Me. I don't know if I'd wish that. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe not. There was a time There was a time in my life where I was like, I want Chuck Liddell to punch me in the face, just to say that he punched you in the face. But then now that I'm older and my body like isn't, it can't bounce back and maybe as well as it could when I was 20, I'm like, that might kill me. Well, I don't know if it would kill you, but that's the type of thing you'll never be the same after. Like there's no <laughs> yeah, way your brain totally. getting bounced around like that is going to be, would be the, the yeah. same. So. So I don't want Victor to punch me in the face. Okay, fair enough. Billy is hiding in a dumpster in the alley from Victor. When Victor walks past, Billy jumps out and blasts him in the head with a piece of rebar. 
Yeah, he did. And this essentially does nothing to Victor. Victor and proceeds. Nope, he's the Terminator. Yes, he, he proceeds to beat the shit out of Billy, and oh. he's giving him a mouthful while he's doing it. He's talking about how soft Billy and his friends are, and how hard of an upbringing Victor had. He's saying that while um, he's hard at work at school, Billy and his friends are off doing drugs and uh, effing around. And that they all think it's funny to laugh at Victor. But yeah, and this is a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They say it's funny to laugh at Victor behind his back, but now in the streets, Victor is who wins. Oh, so now, now say it. what you wanted to say. I was just going to say it's a bunch of panels doing this where he's delivering his, his, uh, his lines and he's also kicking the shit out of billy and by the end by the last panel everything he said everything he's doing i'm like yeah get him victor yeah (laughs) me too i'm on his side what is this book like by the end of it i'm like wait a second wait is he right like yeah yeah kick the shit out of him go go victor i mean i like victor i like billy too um I, i i like what victor's saying here though because it's like victor's cluing us in to what we have um read so far and have kind of been laughing along yeah. with, right? And it's at this crew that we have been seeing a lot of, like Marcus and Saya and Maria and Billy and Willie. They're doing all this stuff. They're off doing drugs. They're having sex. They're doing whatever the fuck they want to do while Victor and Shabnam are in school. They're doing the, the courses. They're getting good grades. Um, they're like the academics, right? And yeah. now Victor is let loose. He's got his chance on the street here and he's showing them. He's like, look, you're going to lose this exam because yeah. I've been planning for it, right? You think it's so funny to laugh at me for being who I am in the school, but guess what? We're on the street now. This is where this is where that doesn't matter anymore. So yeah. it, it, he's speaking truth here. He's speaking truth. So you yeah. have to respect it. That's a great point. And it, and it just shows you um, with the sort of smart writing here that we have been getting the story from a certain group's perspective. There are other people going to that school, and we're now getting the story from their perspective. Yes, yes. Very good. Now, Billy, who's completely beaten up here, picks up a piece of glass in his hand. And like he's, it's like cutting his hand. It's like a giant piece of glass. And Victor, Victor says, yeah, he says, like, basically, go ahead. Come stab Victor. And yes. see how weak you are. Such, <laughs> totally. such a powerful line. He's like, he's inviting him just to stab him because yeah. that's not going to be enough. It's not going to do And anything. I'm expecting, I'm expecting Billy to go for it and it not even to penetrate the skin. That's what I'm expecting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, what does happen though is he, he, as in uh, Billy, actually uses the glass to cut a rope. Mm-hmm. There's a rope there. And tied to that rope is a giant piece of cement and it's set free it comes swinging down and smashes victor in the back and damn dude did that art make it look painful oh totally and deadly like his his spine is got to be snapped in half and he gets like pinned that hits him and then pushes him into like a brick wall and like pins him beside it like uh, in between it Oh my goodness! He's he's wrapped around that piece of concrete and then gets swung into a brick wall. And I'm I'm sorry if this like steps on something that's coming later, but it comes out that Billy learned this in school. So I love he learned this in a class in like how to make a trap. So I love that 
during Victor's monologue about how Billy's been off fucking around and not going to class, he actually does beat him with something he learned in class. And it's again coming back to the fact that it's like some people are good at certain subjects, even if they dick off in other subjects and don't aren't around. He learned how to make a trap and he caught him with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're not, maybe they're not, they're not good at all the subjects, but they do have their spe- yeah. specific um, talents. Yeah, that's cool. So Marcus, Petra, and Billy are on the run when we see this kid, Dan, from school. He's got a bow and arrow, and he's up on the roof of a building. Dude, this is a total Hawkeye moment. Like totally he, He's not. like, he's silhouetted on top of a building against a purple background. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just having fun with it. It's, it it's, totally, yeah, it's, it's exactly like Hawkeye. And, like, this is coming out a couple years after that book. Yeah. Like, they know exactly what they're doing right there. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I yeah. liked it. I laughed. I'm like, that's that's a fun ripoff right there. I love it. Yeah. I mean, we perfect. don't know who Dan is. We've never seen him before. But yeah, he's got an explosive arrow, and he shoots it, and the explosion hits Marcus, Petra, and Billy. And they're all down, um, licking their wounds. Billy can't take it anymore. He's so beaten down. He just got beat up by Victor. He just got blown up by an explosion. And he doesn't care about school anymore. He just wants to run off. And in this part in the book, I'm almost forgetting that um, if they survive the week, they can go back. Right. It, it, it feels so dire. Uh, There's such, totally. such like a life and death thing. That I forget that they can win and go back. But what Billy's telling us here is he doesn't care about that anymore. He doesn't want to win and go back. He doesn't want yeah. to be like them. Um, he doesn't like those people. He doesn't like what they're doing. And he just wants to like escape. He wants to take off and run. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is interesting that we for, like we start with sort of a ticking clock on this um, volume, and we forget about the clock during the volume. It's kind of like a purge scenario where it's like just make it to the end of the night, or just make it to like dawn when the sun comes up, and you're good. And I totally, I'm with you, Tim. I totally forgot about that until they mention it's like, oh, they actually just need to hide somewhere, and they'll be fine. They could go back to school, um, but they don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, Billy doesn't want to. I don't know how far along we are in the week here. This feels like it all happens in one night, but it doesn't. This this is probably like four or five days into it, maybe more uh, at this point where they're at right now. Or it, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to tell, but uh, it, you don't really know where they're at. It's it is tough to tell because we're given a timeline and then we're given basically one part in the whole volume of how much time is left and nothing in the middle. Yeah. So. Billy implores Marcus and Petra here just to run off with him. And he's in tears. He's hugging Marcus. Petra is crying. And I just, I thought it was a real powerful moment for, for me. Sure, just man. that, uh, they, you know, he's so ready just to give up. Yeah. And we, we've seen Marcus in this position before, but there was always someone there to kind of pick him up. Well, actually, sometimes he picks himself up, but sometimes there were other people there to pick him up. So, yeah. Marcus agrees, though. He says, yes, they can run. They can go and hide out at Goatfucker's place. Goatfucker's old apartment. So that's an interesting place to go. But we see Victor is actually still alive here. He's being helped by his friend. And they decide to team up with Hawkeye Dan. (laughs) Great. Great. What a great team up. That's, I mean, yeah. The Hulk and Hawkeye. As if Victor wasn't enough. Now they got, yeah, the Hulk and Hawkeye. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Dean. Yes. I loved Victor getting up here. Like, I honestly thought he was done. When he gets hit with that cement, wrapped around, it goes in the brick wall. 
cool. They got Victor. Perfect. They made it look just like he was like, dead. Yeah. He basically got up with like the classic like arm in the air type thing. Like he didn't. <laughs> it was like his face came into like the pro like into the Hulkamania. The panel. Hulkamania yeah. started to come yes. come over him. Yes, exactly. Hulkmania down and out and then just arm in the air. That's what I kind of felt with his entrance. I love that. Back into the comic. I love it. Now, unfortunately, Dean, it looks like Billy might be a bigger rat than we thought. Ah. Because Shabby gets a call from someone that Shabby calls a desperate rat. We don't we don't know what was said. But yeah. then we see in Goatfucker's house, Billy is sitting beside a phone. Mm-hmm. And there was some blood on it. And it looks like his, he, he dialed a number with his bloody hand. It looked like he called Shabby for, yeah. for help or something. We know he did it. We know he did it. So the volume finally slows down for a moment here, Dean. And I needed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I needed it. I needed a break. This this book has a, a great way of doing this. The same thing happened in the last volume. We needed a break and they gave us one. Like they settled it down. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is what uh, goes on in this in this slowdown is Marcus is in a bedroom doing his inner monologue thing, which we haven't really gotten yet from him in this uh, in this volume. You'll notice we're almost an hour into this episode and we haven't given any like remenderisms or like um, amazing True. quotes from remender uh, because there haven't been any because there's been nonstop violence this whole time. So they- we are we are 80 pages into like a 120 page comic and there has not been a breath yet exactly yeah so we we get a little bit of that here so marcus says living on the street is awful enough to make joining a school for assassins seem like a reasonable alternative hmm. tell yourself that decision wasn't made entirely out of fear some lies are too big to sell yourself no one is fearless fear is a reasonable reaction to what's waiting out there an instinct we develop for good reason And I am afraid, not just of the people trying to kill me, but of going back to where I was. I love that quote because he's Mm -hmm. just told Billy that he's willing to run off and essentially go back to that life that he had, that he hates and doesn't want. But he's such a good friend that he's willing to do that. Yeah, it's like it's a a face your fear moment. Like he joined the school because he was... He hated being on the street and he was afraid of go- doing that more. And well, he was trying to kill himself. Well, um, for sure. While yeah, he it, bef- it, just at the time he got recruit- recruited for the school, he was trying to jump off a bridge and end it, right? So Yeah. Yeah. So right now it is I am so afraid to get back to that life. At least at school I'm at school. But now it's like if I tell like he's already told Billy that he's okay to run away and do that and he is afraid of now getting back to that life. Yeah. But he's willing to do it because he's yeah. a good friend to the person who just betrayed him. We just saw betray him with the phone call. So 100%. And, and it, it kind of reminds us that Marcus didn't start out as such a dick. Yeah. Right? Like this journey we've been on has been just like drugs, sex, lies. Like all that has gone on in these volumes and has just kind of brought him down yeah. by this point and we this is a nice refresher of like he didn't start out like that he was a good friend at the beginning of this yeah he's definitely redeeming his um actions totally. in volume three in this volume 
100%. It's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see because it's great. It's like, great to see. While it's what's kind of fun, like volume one and two, it was fun to watch his decline yeah. in a way. Yeah. Volume three, it just, it, it went too far. It hit rock bottom. It was uncomfortable. Um, it felt bad for the guy, but he's bringing it back around here. So it's, it's a, yeah. it's a good we feeling. We both disliked him last volume. We did. We both yeah. said that on that episode. We do not like him in that volume. Yeah. So he continues monologuing about Maria here and, um, how he was becoming happy with her, mm-hmm. but he continued to push her away. And the reason was because he says, God is waiting for him to crack, to be happy. And once he does, it will all disappear. He says, happiness registers to me as a disappointment under construction. The last time I saw her, I realized that. And I finally chose not to care anymore. But turns out God was waiting for me to smile, to show him that I wanted her. Because once I did, he took her away. And he goes on to say that they told him that Maria ran away because that's what would fit his expectations. But deep down, he knew the truth. Because he says it was too fucking obvious. Because he knows that Maria went to Master Lin's office. Yeah, yeah. So he, like, I guess in his gut he knows that they they did something. She didn't run off. They did something to her. Well, and especially now that he knows what the plan is um, for the whole school and the rats and everything. He knows she went to see Master Lin. Something definitely happened. Also, in the beginning of the book, when he was being attacked, people were saying, like, this is for killing Chico. This is for so he like he's like how does everybody know this stuff? We didn't tell anyone this, so he knows something's up in this moment. And Tim, I'm just flipping through while you're while we're going through the story here, and I only read this one time before this podcast, and there's something in this page of his flashback with Maria that I did not catch. Okay, that and it's just that they he's talking about this story of how she brought him out to a park. And took him to seat to watch like the swans in a pond swim. And he's just like, oh, you know what? I don't care about that. Whatever. I'm too cool for that. Yeah. But really, he wanted to see them, but he was being too cool for it. Yep. And uh, I just want to point that out because that is a crusher when we get later on in this book. Well, he smiled in in that yep. uh, moment. Uh, it's, it's actually a very sweet page. Um, he says that she squeezed his hand like because yeah. it was such a nice moment. And he didn't squeeze back because he's trying yeah. to act hard. And then he smiled because he was actually enjoying it and having so much fun and did care about the ducks, but totally just didn't want to show anything. So he smiled and then like put it away and made some sort of shitty comment. Right. So, yeah. And it's all, she it's like, that whole, it's because of that quote that I just said, it's like, he doesn't want to show that he's happy because as soon as that happens, it's going to be taken away from him. And he says, that's what happened. As soon as he showed his happiness, she got taken away. So all, sure. all, that's when the monologue was happening. Dean was that page with, with the, them in the park and the ducks. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great, great moment. And that's how the book slows down for us. So it was, it was perfect, perfect writing at that time. Like just giving you not only like slowing the book down, but giving us what we need, like emotionally to read about these characters in the moment. So, so And, and giving us a page of a lot of writing and one, basically one color. Yeah. Everything in this flashback is just in one color. We can just yeah. let everything relax in our mind. Our eyes don't have to go too crazy on the art. There's just one thing happening. And all we need to do is read the words and kind of soak in what it is. And then we can get going later. Yep. So Marcus vows to one day go back and do something about it. Now, Saya and Willie are on the trail of Marcus, but they get in a fight and Saya dumps him. Yeah. Weird. So that's interesting weird kind of interesting thing 
um, Marcus, Petra, and Billy are in the apartment, and they're talking about their freshman year and how it wasn't all that bad. And they're sharing, like, fun stories with each other. Uh, Marcus starts telling Billy how much he appreciates him being his friend. And Marcus tells Billy that he loves him. It's just like, yeah. oh, man. It's, like, so hard to, to take here because we know that we know we what know. Billy just did. It's like Marcus is finally coming around and Billy had, has just has fucked him over already. He's finally, like, being true to himself. He's finally just being like, you know what? He's opening up. I... He's opening up. He's like, I loved being around you, Billy. You have always been a great friend. I'm the dick. And he's never been like, I'm such a huge dick, right? He's finally putting it all on self. And he's been like, oh, man, you know what? I love you. Like, we, we've we hung out. You've always been there for me. You are my bud. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, gutting. Back. Thanks for that gut punch. <laughs> it hurt, but we like it. We love it. <laughs> now, back to Shabalaba Ding Dong. He's still running the show. Um, he says between him and Saya... Whoever can kill Marcus is going to get valedictorian. So this right, is what right. you were mentioning. Yeah. Um, I think that those two are the top of the class. So it's yeah. coming down for them, which one is going to get the, the big kill. And Marcus is the big kill. And that will be enough to push them over the edge for, for valedictorian. That makes sense. Because like Victor's killed a ton of a ton of the rats right. and he's not up for it. Like right. they, he's not in the discussion or whatever. So yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, Sh- uh, Shabnam, he's also really overeating in this issue. He's like a nervous eater or something. He's like yeah, eating I anything like, he can get his hands on. Totally. And I like some of the shots because it's like, he's a mob boss and he'll be eating a chocolate bar. Like he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause he's like, he'll just be holding it like close to his mouth. Like he's just taken out his cigar, but it's right. a chocolate bar. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, now, we also learn here that the end to the final exam week is only seven hours away. Wow. It's close. That happened fast. I, Great. We, I don't think we've seen daylight this whole time. Nah. But it's seven hours away. Marcus's plan is to now wait out the seven hours, then disappear into the streets when no one will be looking for them anymore. Good plan. That, that's, that's a good plan. We see Dan on top of the building across the street from uh, Goatfucker's place. Yeah. Now, this was a neat throwback because this same thing happened in volume two, I believe, where uh, Goatfucker's crew were in the apartment and they saw yeah. Saya in the exact spot Dan was in spying on them. And they, totally. they caught a glimpse of her and she took off. So I thought it was uh, just a neat thing that they did that, uh, did that again. Very cool. So Dan loads up an explosive tip arrow and is about to fire. When out of nowhere, Saya jumps out and cuts off Dan's fucking head. Ah, oh, so good. It that's it just felt so good. It did feel so good. It it I was not expecting it. No. Um now that you've sort of like teed up that roof for us, that is kind of a little hint, you know, like it, it would make our mind go there first. And then she shows up. It's so good. It's so perfect. And any, honestly, just any time she's doing anything with that sword, like, I mean, she's deadly. Craig just knows how to draw her, man. Like, she oh looks so good. Goodness. Just, oh, just cutting off that head, blood everywhere. It's This book is so bloody. That is almost nothing. Her <laughs> cutting off his head and like blood splattering everywhere oh, is almost so, like, okay, yeah, cool. It's so unshocking at this point oh, in the book. Man. It's just like, so good, though. So good. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like a fist pump in the air, like fuck yeah moment. Dude, anytime Saya does something, we've had I our know. we've had our ups and downs with Saya. 
Um, she's kind of been like our friend. She's been our enemy. But damn, dude. My she's goodness, that mysterious. I mean, she's that mysterious woman. I don't know what's going on oh, in her head, but man, can she kick ass. She is so fun to watch in this book. Yeah. Um, at this exact same time that that happened, there's gunfire at the apartment door. And it's Victor and his bro. Now, Marcus runs off, luring Victor into following him. So that Petra, yeah, hero, another hero moment. He's not really known for. Um, He does that so that Petra and Billy um, will be safe. Yeah. Marcus is best friends. Yeah. Marcus is able to run Victor over in a Volkswagen Beetle that he somehow got a hold of. I love it. That's amazing. Smashes into Victor full speed. Still not enough to stop Victor. Victor is on the hood, hanging on, and he's got a machine gun pointed at Marcus and says, Victor does not sneak up and shower. Victor will kill you to your face. I love it. <laughs> so I good. love it. So good. Victor, yes. I love Victor. Arnie, Arnie has to play Victor. What's going on here? Listen, dude, I think I said it in episode one. I love Victor. He's like a yeah. great character, and I've always totally. loved him. There's like, yeah. it's hard not to love a lot of these characters. Yeah. But he pulls the trigger. Victor pulls the trigger. Marcus pushes the barrel of the gun just to the side, just out of like the the line of sight of his face. And he starts screaming because his hand gets burnt from like the bullet shooting out of the... So great. It's so So smart. Um, I've never seen this. No. Have you ever seen this in like an action movie or anything? Uh, I probably have like, uh, yeah, not but very it's never often. registered. No, yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've never seen, I've never seen this in a comic book. I've never seen someone like touch a hot barrel and burn their hand. It was very smart. It made a lot of sense Yeah, and it was very cool. And like uh, a little bit further on, he's like, he's still like in pain, you know, like a couple yeah. pages later, he's like, it really burnt him. So Marcus hits the brakes trying to yes. make Victor fly off the front. But that does not work. Victor can still hang on until a police cruiser that was following them smashes into the back when they hit the brakes and Victor finally goes flying off. Yeah. For me, Tim, this is total. This is when it kind of clicked total Terminator moment. Like the Terminator music's going off in my head when he hammers the brakes and Victor's just like, I'm still here. I was like, oh my goodness, he's like a robot. Like there's no way he could have held on to this car. Yeah. And then, you know, gets smashed in from behind and he gets thrown in the air. I just felt like that was such a, such a like 80s Terminator type thing going on. Total, total. Yeah. Like Victor is the Terminator. He's like, For sure, he's yeah. built like, he's built like Arnold, right? Yeah. And he, he's Russian. That's the only difference. But yeah, this guy can't be stopped. Yeah. So Victor is ready to get up and follow Marcus when a cop puts a gun to his head and tells him to stop. Yeah, you know, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, Marcus <laughs> Marcus t- tells us like in the next few panels that he's going to keep running because, yeah, that cop doesn't know what he's in store for. One cop with a gun to the back of Victor's head? Nope, no chance. Yeah. So Marcus races up to the top of a building like finally feeling like he had a win you know get yeah. getting getting past victor uh he doesn't want to show it though because he knows what happens he says god will take it away from him if he shows it right yeah and yeah. of course there's someone up there waiting for him you just know there's going to be yeah well i guess he showed a bit of the happiness right and, yeah. and i guess in, in his opinion god is ready to take it away and um someone pulls a machine gun on him on the roof mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And that someone is his ex-best friend, Willie. Yes, and I'm not too afraid in this moment that Willie's going to shoot him. I'm not too afraid, but yeah. I'm I'm unsettled because I don't know what they're going to do in this book. For sure. I'm I'm I just I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit comfortable, but I'm also uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, at this point I'm like, "Oh, really good end to the issue." But I'm like not feeling like you know, I, I don't feel really too worried uh, for Marcus. I don't know how this interaction's going to end, but I'm I'm excited to sort of read more. Like, I like the cliffhanger end, end off because I'm like, oh, I need to see what happens here, but not so much worried for him. Yeah. So we're back at Fuckface Manor, which is actually the official name they use in the book for Goatfucker. Yeah. I've been calling Goatfucker's Place, but they call it Fuckface Manor. That's, yeah, that's, Fuckface is his actual name. That is his actual name. That's his, <laughs> um, like, his, his uh, like, uh, serial killer name. Right, right. His real name is, we, like, Chester or somebody, Chester yes, Wilson or we something. We call him Goatfucker for some of his uh, actions in some of right, the volumes. Right. But his name, his actually serial killer name is Fuckface, so we're pretty yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, we were. Now, we're back at his place, and Petra and Billy are there, right? Marcus led off uh, Victor. Uh, they're still there uh, safe. Now, Billy starts talking about his dad. And I thought we were kind of done with this guy. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, but he lays out some horrible stories about his dad here. Mm -hmm. And this is like really the first insight that we get into why he wanted to kill his dad in volume one. Yeah. And it's it's painful. It's like, I, man, it's, it's that, that whole story with Billy and his dad is a difficult one. But it's really, it's really rough. Yeah. It's rough. I mean, we, we, we understand why Billy wanted to do it wanted to kill him in volume one like with with getting what he told us well, then and what he tells us now it's like ugh. yeah i mean petra says in this comic like there's no wonder we all ended up here yeah yeah it's like, like it's, all everyone's got this dark past yeah and it's nothing like sexual or anything like that but it's like just like verbal abuse yeah um, just yeah. making billy feel like he's worthless like he's useless he's worthless um, his dad almost wishes he didn't have him. Like you, you, sure. you can do no right in that guy's eyes. And yeah, for sure. like, how are you supposed to succeed as, as a, as a child with getting like, not only are you not getting any love, but you're getting nonstop criticism and negative feedback and terrible feedback. So yeah, that's what like Billy, a huge bully every minute of his life. He's a drunk. He's a drunk bully to Billy. Yeah. Nonstop. So it was hard. It was hard to, to watch, but uh, we're back on the roof. Uh, Willie is venting about the lost friendship with Marcus. And he admits here that maybe Saya set all this up, which is interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Willie's crying now. Mm -hmm. And he says that Saya made him kill his cousin in the library. Uh, this is what I was saying before about the sword. Um, what, right. I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but that was totally fine. He says the sword was right beside her. Yeah. And like, she was fine. She didn't need his help. So he, like, he clearly thinks she did that on purpose so that he'd kill, uh, like do make a kill. Yeah. And Willie at this point, he puts the gun up to his own neck. Yeah. And dude, I literally screamed no to my comic. I screamed no. For sure. And in the next panel, Marcus screams no. Yeah. Like, how's that for incredible writing? Where totally, Remender totally knows what my reaction is going to be. 
Yeah. Just in I, the instant, I just, I, I didn't want, I didn't want Willie to do it. I did. He didn't deserve it. Maybe before knowing the story about how he killed his, his dad, maybe, maybe I'm not so like hurt by it. But in this moment when he does that and after hearing that story, I'm just like, no, please don't, please don't. Yeah. This was my favorite interaction between uh, two characters in the whole comic was him and Marcus talking to each other on this rooftop. And it was like Marcus came into it being like, I have to figure out a way to talk him into not shooting me. And then as they're talking and as Marcus was like really connecting um, with with Willie and really getting back to their original friendship, Willie realized he's been shitty and he's like maybe not been been great and like his life is a mess and he turns the gun on himself and we're we're all thinking the same thing no that is not the like that's not what we were going for here we were just trying to get the gun off of Marcus right. but we weren't trying to get it on to Willie yeah. and so that's where we're cuz we're all cheering for Marcus's um dialogue in that moment to be like yes keep going he's getting it he's going to lower the gun and then all of a sudden he turns it on himself we're like no that's not what we wanted yeah yeah that's that's for sure um, we don't get to see what happens though, because they cut back to King's Dominion. This part is brilliant. We can get to it after we get back to that scene, but this part is great writing. Cutting away and then doing what we're going to do. So, um, Shabby is getting lit up by Drogda here for putting too many moving pieces into play and not being able to control them. So, like, things right. are getting a little bit stressful. And then we head over to fuckface manner and petrus says it's time you ready to go billy and billy says i think so petra walks out of the room and slams the door locking billy inside a gas starts seeping out in the room and billy is freaking out it's one of petra's poison gases yeah he's desperately trying to escape um I'm feeling so sick to my stomach here in this scene. Yes. Um, Billy is, he's trying everything dude to get out. Um, But he's like taking in the gas. He's breathing it in. He's starting to have like the body meltdown that this gas does to you. And he can't get out. It's so painful to watch. Yeah. He's got so much like just blood coming out of his mouth. And we're, we know, we know he's done in there. He's done. He's done. And so that happens. And right before that, um, we had uh, uh, Sheldon shoot Kendall, who are two characters who earlier Kendall had saved Sheldon. They were a couple. And then when it got back to Shabnam, um, Sheldon ended up shooting Kendall. So it's like, okay, so this guy who laid out his life for this other guy um Sheldon ended up turning on him and killing him. So, okay, didn't expect that. One guy dead. Then Petra turns on on Billy, another person dead. So when we cut back to Willie, I'm like, he's pulling the trigger. Yeah, I'm... Just having that set up and being like, okay, you know what? I know exactly what's happening now. Like, they're just killing people that I know and I like and that have done great things. So, boom, uh, Billy or Willie's shooting himself. Right. So we're back on the rooftop. And Marcus is pleading harder than ever, harder than we've ever seen him plead. But now yeah. it's that he doesn't want Willie to kill himself, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he says Willie is the best friend he ever had. He calls him the only good person he's ever known. Yeah. And they can make it out of all this. Like there's a way out. And like Willie's just like, how could there be a way out, right? There's, there is no way out. And, and Marcus says, look, we could find a small village in Mexico. We could sit on a beach. 
We could drink beers. We can have new lives. In 10 years, we'll have families. Mm-hmm. And then things will get better. Yeah. And like he paints a beautiful picture, right? Totally. Just like, like being, yes. being on that beach, having the family, putting all of this behind. And Willie says, okay. Yeah. Did not see it coming because of what they set up before that. I was like, great. Says, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now back to Petra and Billy and she lets him out of the room as he's dying. Yeah. And she says, die for me, Billy. Oof. And she looks in his eyes and sees a skull and says, there. We've seen that before, Tim. We've seen yes! skulls in the eyes before. Dude, I was going to say it. I was going to say it. It means you're dead. Wait, it means you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> right, it means you're a vampire. In our t- <laughs> you had skulls in your eyes one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Tomb of Dracula. This is a terrible yes. point in this uh, podcast to be laughing about something. But in our in our Tomb of Dracula <laughs> episode... Um, you got skulls in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Uh, uh, Nick? Is that his name? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember some character Nick, had skulls in. Nick I think and it was Jeannie. a woman. Nick and Jeannie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick um, saw uh, skulls in Jeannie's eyes when she yes. got turned to a vampire. Yeah. And that's how we knew she was a vampire because she had yes, skulls, skulls in her nice. eyes. But in this book, we know that um, Billy is dead because he's got a skull in, in his eye. It's not that he's a vampire. It's not that he's a vampire. So No. I apologize for laughing at that. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's actually um, Frank Drake, not Nick Drake. Uh, Nick Drake is a, a famous um, folk singer, one of the best. Oh, um, okay. I'm calling him Nick Drake. It's Frank Drake is, is the guy. Oh, okay. You were name. calling him Nick. Yeah. Him oh, Nick. Frank. Right. Frankie Frank boy. But uh, anyways, enough about Drake. I just knew him as Drake. Yeah. Drakeula. <laughs> Drakeula. Exactly. Okay. Let's get serious again here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Marcus and Willie are starting to leave the roof. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're talking about Mexico and how how they're actually going to get there. Like how, how well, mm-hmm. okay, that's, we love the idea. Now, how do we, like, how are we actually going to do that? That's, you know. Yeah. What, what's the path? And Marcus, uh, he walks into the stairwell first to go down and Willie follows and says, thanks, man. Thanks for talking me down. And I'm sorry. Marcus says, for what? And then we see, bang. Big, yeah. Big on the page. What are you thinking? I'm thinking um, Willie killed himself. Interesting. I thought Willie... Killed Marcus? She killed Marcus. I think Willie... I thought Willie shot Marcus in the back right here. Marcus looks down towards his stomach, but he, mm-hmm. he's fine. He looks back to Willie, and Willie is bleeding dead on the ground. Nope. And... Tim? What? Come on. What is that? What? Come on. Wh- he's... Why did Willie get shot? Yeah, why is he shot and bleeding on the ground? Well, why? Like, who did it? Sure. I mean, it's, it sucks that it happened, but what? Yeah, he turned he turned the gun on himself. Then he talked. Then he took it away from himself, and then like pages later, right? Shot. Right. So we see why he got shot. It was Victor from <sighs> um, a rooftop across the street. Yeah, and he did it. And guess who's with him? Uh, Hawkeye. Polly. Oh, Polly. Polly's with him. Can you believe that? 
I actually couldn't that? believe it. I forgot about Polly. Yeah. But you know what? We know that Victor and Polly are good friends. We do, yeah. So um, Victor quickly makes his way across the rooftops towards Marcus. And Marcus sadly has to leave Willie here. He has to get away. He, he's, his oh, life sure. is now in danger. Um, sure. Marcus is hauling ass. He's, uh, he's uh, inner monologuing. He says he's floating, sleepy and dreamlike. No panic, a numb haze. He remembers his dad's voice. This isn't a dress rehearsal, Marcus. You only get one turn. Survive. Kill Victor. Kill Master Lin. Kill them all. Yes. And we get four beautiful panels here, dude, of Marcus being happy with his friends. It's again, it's this this one color. Um, he's smiling in every frame. Yep. Totally um, true. He's two two frames with, with Willie, one with Billy, and one with Maria. Yeah. And he runs out of the stairwell, he's onto the street, and he runs right into Saya's sword. Oh. It goes all the way through his chest. I mean, it is through. This is a long sword, and he it's, is it's all the way all, into it, all the way through. So she whispers something to him that we can't yeah. we can't make out what she says. No, she pulls out the sword, and Marcus falls to the ground, bleeding out, and Saya is crying. Marcus he fades into like somewhere else. He yeah. um he he is back with his parents on that day that they were killed. He gets his ice cream and balloons, same as before, but he asks to go for a walk in the park instead of taking a tour of the bay. Yeah. And um, Marcus, as a child, with his mother and father, they walk off into the sunset. And this ending, dude, this hit me hard. I was like quite emotional by the end of this volume, just with uh, all these characters that we love, like dying in such difficult ways totally man and at the end here he says he wants to like when he's having the memory or whatever it is of him being a kid he wants to have a walk in the park and he says maybe we'll see some swans which is bringing it back to the great time he had with maria so i don't know if he's thinking this in this in his dying moments like maybe we'll see some swans because that was a great time in in his life or if this is what he really said as a child i don't know but it brings it back to that which i missed the first time through i missed that that was his great like his his time where he actually had a like really good time with maria but he was trying to um disguise it it's it's so painful like what how is this possible this is this this book is all about him and he runs into this huge sword as he's having his like his list of how he's going to get it back together again who he's going to kill he has this moment, you said, the moment with the friends, you know, who's not in that group of friends where he's smiling. Saya is not in any of those pictures with this group of friends. No. And he runs right into her sword. It is, I don't know. I'm losing my mind here, Tim. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I know. It's, um, it's, it's such a great volume. I love that. Pretty sure panel one, Marcus is running. He's running yeah. out of the auditorium. He doesn't stop running the whole volume until he runs into Saya's yeah. sword. And, yeah, and, that is one hundred percent true. Gets killed. Amazing, amazing. Like, it's yeah, insane. It's, it's such. It's just such a fast-paced um, book, just full of violence but beauty at the same time, and like struggles of these kids. Um, we forget that they're kids. They're like fourteen and fifteen years old. For sure. Um, yeah. the, the struggles that they're going through. These like real life struggles of friendship and love and loss, and you know, wrapped around this brutally violent uh, assassin school, but. My goodness, does Remender know how to write? 
Jeez. Yeah, I like when I like when we're reminded that they're kids. I uh, I do like that because it's like, oh my goodness, like I can't even imagine. Like they're so young and going through all this crap, all this garbage. That's like right after I finished this volume, I actually watched the trailer for the TV show and. I was just like, they look too old because like, I need to be reminded that they're kids and they just like, it's kind of that classic thing where everyone in high school, like is being played by people who are 20. So it's like, you get kind of taken out of them being in high school. And I I just love the moments where you're reminded, oh yeah, we're in high school here. These kids are learning all these like techniques to kill each other. And this Marcus, man, we, he won us back over in this volume. And then he just runs right into Seiya's sword. And I mean, we don't know what she said, right? We don't know what she said in his ear. It looks like an accident. Oh, you think it's an accident? I don't know. I like, I, I, it's, I, I go back and forth. Like she is holding, she is holding her sword right at the door. I don't take that as an accident. Yeah. I know. She's a master with her sword. She doesn't make mistakes with it. She's so precise. So we've we've yeah exactly the volumes already pointed out that she can do whatever she wants with her sword. They've they've um, highlighted so many different sections and where she's so precise with it. Pointed it out with Willie where he said that she could have just picked it up and ended. I think yeah I do think she's stabbing him on purpose. I want to know what she says here. Obviously, I mean we I was reading the digital copy. I don't know about you, but I zoomed in. Me too. Could not see anything. You can't it's see not, what the words no, are. It's not. It's not like an actual language. It's like chicken scratches yeah. made out to look like words, but um, it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, I, damn. It's damn. It's, oh man. It's so wow. yeah. It, it's so hard. It's so rough. I. This is how I knew I hadn't read this far. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't know he died. Yeah. I didn't know he ran into a sword here. Uh, it's hard. It's, I, I don't know where we go from here. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously you've read some more. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm excited to get into the next. But you are right when you say he just starts off the volume running and he doesn't stop until he runs into say a sword. And that is the volume. It is the volume. It's lovely. Wow. Lovely volume. It's lovely. It's it's so good. It's so so high fun. action. I, I want to read it again. Like, mm. it's just incredible. Yeah, it's good. So uh, let's get to what if then. What if? All right, Dean. It's a fairly uh, straight up uh, what if. Straight up? Okay. Fairly straight up. Um, what if Saya is related to Master Lin? And I I have this what if because it was um, something that Master Lin said to her that got me thinking. He said, he said something about how her family has very big plans and she wouldn't want to be the one to ruin them. Yeah. And this was all said and done. I wondered what if what if they're related? Like what if Master Lin is Saya's family or part of her family? Cuz we we speculated last time that she was responsible for a bigger kind of plan that was in motion. Well, yeah. Master Lin is the one who's in like running the biggest plans of anybody. We don't know anything about his plans, but uh what do you think? Uh yeah, last volume um but from the perspective of a guy who's losing his grip on his life, like he just is losing control of it. From his perspective, we got, what if she's behind everything? And that got us kind of thinking, but still it's a little more far-fetched just because it was from his perspective. But now, 
I mean, now it's from our perspective as the reader. She's done a couple really shady things in this volume to sort of set up her friends. Let me pause um, pause for a sec too, because uh, Willie also says it in this volume as well. He thinks that yeah. maybe she set everything up. Exactly. Yeah. That that's we're getting it from another character's perspective. We're getting it from our own perspective of what we can see. There's like there's evidence from all angles now. So right now, when we come to this, what if in this volume, I'm with you. Like I'm like, okay, there's something else going on here. She like there we talked about it last volume. She is too professional to just be some 15 year old kid at this school she is so good at 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 everything like and and so i mean she's yeah just seems like she's not a student there she seems like she's got it under control um she still could be a student there but there's you know maybe she's related to master lynn there is something there for sure and i never actually thought about that i never thought about what if she's related to master lynn um and i like it i like it a lot it's what makes sense to me it could make sense yeah um yeah She's also going to get valedictorian here. She killed Marcus, right? Oh, very true. Yeah, I so. didn't. Again, I didn't think of that. They were having that conversation before, and she is going to get it because she she was she the one the who kill. killed him. She got the kill. She wanted to split up with Willie, maybe because she could sense that Willie wouldn't be able to do it, wouldn't be able to, yeah, pull the trigger. I don't know what it was, but uh, she knows what she's doing in this volume. Um, maybe, yeah. You know what? She's protecting Marcus all along the way, but is she? Right. She's not protecting him. She's only protecting him so she can get the kill, right? She kills. We don't know. She's either protecting him or she's manipulating yeah. him, right? Like they they yeah. they um they walk this fine line of we don't really know, and I still don't really know. Like you you mentioned, maybe it was an accident. I really don't think it was an accident, which leaves me confused. But it, it, this is leaves me leaning more to the side of like she did it on purpose, and there's something bigger going on with her in the school. Um, yeah. but it's possible yeah. that like it was, I don't know, done for a, a, another reason or an accident or who, who knows yeah. what. Right. But, but no, Tim, there's a reason she's left out of those flashbacks. Marcus is having, having of all the times he was smiling. Um, there's a reason she's left out of that. Right. She, and she like, so we're coming back to the, the part where, you know, she kills Hawkeye up on the roof. Maybe that's because she needs the kill. She needs to kill Marcus. And then when um, Victor bursts in the door and starts shooting, she's like, fuck. And we think she's saying that because it's like, oh, no, I just saved Marcus and now he's going to die. But it's actually like, oh, Victor's going to steal my kill. I need to kill Marcus. I need to get valedictorian. It kind of all pieces kind of fall together for me. Um, If they fall together for me, for sure, for her being um, wanting to kill Marcus the whole volume um, and just sort of her being related to master lynn i mean that's just something that could be possible yeah yeah okay well we did it cool we another episode we did, we it. did it we made it we sh- what a great volume we showed up we talked about it yes we did that <laughs> we recorded it yeah hopefully <laughs> let me check let me check to make sure it's still rolling yes we re- i recorded it at least uh, me too and and we're gonna release Good. it we did release it because people are listening to it right now what we did it we're a podcast oh, man, here. we did it another one we did another one great it's great we're just racking up the numbers now hey of podcasts out there i know i can't wait till next week what about you i i also can't wait i'm not sure i checked the schedule to see what we're doing but i can't wait oh yeah it's gonna be fun it's always fun all right i love it dean tim thank you thank you for joining sir 
you're you're welcome class dismissed class dismissed we'll see you next time and thanks everybody for listening we'll catch you next time everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.